Hey, what's going on? Who that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about, of course, what everybody's been talking about, the quarterback competition and answering the question, is Jameis Winston ahead of Taysom Hill in a quarterback competition after minicamp? But I do have a special guest here with me on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, some of you are familiar uh, with him uh, from the Sports Coma. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube. I'm talking about my good friend, Big Q. Big Q, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, TJ, my friend? I salute you and the Who That Nation, man, and the Great Saint Think Tank. What's happening, brother? Appreciate you. Man, uh, invite me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here, man, taking the time out of to be a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And, you know, uh, Big Q, I mean, we're, we're going to be answering a question here about Jameis Winston, you know, and, and Taysom Hill. Of course, we know about the quarterback competition. Drew Brees has decided to retire. Uh, you know, now the Saints are trying to look for that successor uh, to Drew Brees and everything that he has done. So um, looking at uh, minicamp and everything that's been going on, we see uh, the quarterback competition. We see some of the wide receivers and we see uh, Jameis Winston really putting in the work as well as Taysom Hill. So um, in your opinion, uh, what do you think about this quarterback competition? I mean, TJ, it's a bit uphill battle for Mr. Taysom Hill, bro, to get that uh, get that job, man. Uh, four game starting experience last year, three and one. Jameis, man, seems to have he have that glow, bro. I mean, a lot of the players is riding with Jameis, all that experience. And I think one of the big things that hurt Jameis was Jameis. He the mm -hmm. all field stuff. But since he came to the black and gold building, man, he's not Tampa Bay Jameis. He black and gold Jameis is a severe improvement, brother. So, I mean, yeah. his mind is right, bro. And I think Jameis is, 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 is going to have a big year this year. So it's going to be tough for Taysom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that, uh, you know, looking at Jameis Winston uh, and the steps that he's taken in order right. for him to uh, even get to this point. I mean, he, he you can really tell he's embracing this. And I mean, he, he even said it in a press conference, you know, him just sitting out of football uh, for an entire year just made him more hungrier uh, right. to be able to uh, get that position. But you're looking at some of these wide receivers out here. You know, you look at Traquan Smith, some footage mm -hmm. come out him at, as early as today. Uh, mm -hmm. Him is he is out in Tampa with Jameis Winston working out. So, I mean, you're looking mm -hmm. at some of these guys. You see Marquez Callaway in all season, Jawan Johnson in all season, Traquan Smith, guys working alongside Jameis Winston. Do you think these guys kind of see the writing on the wall or maybe they feel like, okay, Taysom has been here for a while. Uh, we kind of understand him. Maybe we need to focus more attention on Jameis just in case Jameis is going to be the start. Bro, that's a great, great uh, question, TJ. I mean, I, I think that uh, is absolutely the case. I think a lot of the guys know, uh, you know, going into it, that uh, Jameis is, is his to lose, you know, right. and and, uh, and they feel it too. They know, and it's a great idea for, for uh, Jameis and Traquan to work on, you know, work with each other to get that deep ball rhythm going because Traquan Smith's game, and if you remember at Central Florida, one of his greatest things with that deep ball, getting deep, taking the top off those defenses bro right. that comes back with that vertical attack from New Orleans right yeah no doubt about it I mean that that's something that Traquan really did well in college he played a lot on the outside right him coming to the New Orleans Saints he had to change up the way that he actually played the wide receiver position he had to learn that slot position because because of course you had Michael Thomas who was here on the outside as well as Ted Ginn Jr and that was right. supposed to be the number one and number two receiver 
and Traquan was more like a get in to fit in tight wide receiver. But mm-hmm. he he has developed uh, you know, his skills on a, on a inside uh, being a, a blocker at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that we're gonna see something different from Traquan Smith, and that, that's been a topic of conversation too. Uh yeah. Traquan Smith's uh development, you know, are we gonna see improvements from Traquan Smith? Uh look at that Traquan. I mean, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean he had like five touchdowns, but he's been in and out of the lineup dealing with injuries. Uh, up and down you know he came through in some games last season but do you finally feel like we're going to see the best that Traquan Smith has to offer now that Jameis is most likely or Taysom is going to be the quarterback I TJ my brother I I have to say yes to that because like I said the Jameis's uh, deep ball and the vertical game returns that uh, that's of course in rhythm with Traquan's game Uh, the you know the fact that he's on the final year of his rookie contract that's pressure there and of course, there the Saints didn't bring any uh, competition as far as veterans in this year to kind of try to take that job away from him. I think Coach Payton realized that when he drafted him, he had a vision of Traquan and Michael Thomas playing beside each other at some point. And this is the final year of his rookie deal to see if we can get that. And plus, a caveat to that, to Brother TJ, is the fact that Emmanuel Sanders was here last year. He learned a lot from Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. And of course, you know, like like you, of course, know Coach Payton likes his wide receivers versatile. Working in the slot last year, not really Traquan's game, but he did it. He's Like you said, he's an excellent blocking guy. And I think we'll see the best version of Traquan Smith this year. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Traquan Smith, and, and I'm happy, you know, in, yes. in some yeah. cases, BQ, yeah. because last year around this time, I mean, there was a lot of unanswered questions about Traquan. Yeah. And, and and when you, like, looked in the offseason, a lot of questions were, was about, did the Saints make the right decision getting him? Uh, mm-hmm. Was he a waste of time? And I'm glad that you really don't hear anybody saying uh, anything negatively about Traquan Smith. Everybody's looking forward to seeing him take that extra step. And if he just so happens to fall into that number two or even that number three role, depends on who steps up. Everybody seems to be happy with that particular situation. Right. Uh, but I want to say thank you to everybody that's in the chat right now, being uh, that's a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, special guest, Big Q, uh, along with us. And uh, trying to see if we can answer some questions. That's okay with you, Big Q? Yes, sir. Uh, come on with it, TJ. You got it, brother. Okay, we're going to start with Complex 504. He says, I've been stopped watching uh, this YouTube channel with that bad eye for he be putting out with spear of speculation. I don't understand what he's talking I'm, about with that. I'm, I'm confused on that. I, I don't know what's going on with that either. Did he start watching me? Did he start watching? I don't know what's going know. on. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, man, y'all go ahead and slap that like button. <laughs> Family. Yeah, man, y'all go ahead and hit that like button, man. Go ahead and give your boy a golden thumbs up, man. Let everybody know that you enjoy State of the Saints podcast. Once again, Big Q here with us. Uh, Complex, you ain't here. Now you got to listen to him. Hey, man, look, check this out. I, I don't know what the heck going on here, but Complex, come on, man, chill out. Uh, DLP says uh, it's legit competition. However, I believe Winston has the advantage uh, just from a standpoint of playing a position in NFL since he was uh, in 2014 as a starter. At the end of the day, it's good because iron sharpens iron. So uh, DLP believes that it's a legitimate competition. I, I do believe that iron sharpens iron. But let's go ahead and um, answer this question. Okay, um, let's, let's let's focus on Taysom Hill here. If he doesn't win this competition, where does he go from here? Like honestly, like is he, would he get another would he get another opportunity to compete for a starting position, or should he like I don't know what I've been saying embrace like this whole Swiss Army role? Because I, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, Big Q, 
Yeah. I feel like Taysom Hill is never going to get an opportunity like he has right now. Like, it's rather you're going to be a starter on somebody else's team or you're going to be on the sidelines holding a clipboard and, right. and you won't find an a offensive coordinator like Sean Payton mm-hmm. that, that will put you in positions to be able to go out here and do all these different things. So do you think that Taysom Hill needs to embrace this if he does not win a quarterback competition? Absolutely, bro. I mean, he just it, – it's nothing – wrong if you lose you put all your heart and soul in the in the guy's just better that means you just got to improve your game uh, and and then Sean pick coach Payton's offense TJ I really do believe uh if he loses when and I, I think he does to Jameis Winston eventually I think Sean Payton will continue to use him in a role similar to what we've been seeing over the last several years hmm. you know he throwing them out there with the Taysom Hill uh packages the wildcat packages the you know use them at wide receiver tight end running back all that stuff that we've been seeing over the last couple of years yeah. So uh, does he really lose is is the question. You know, if he loses, which he will, to take uh, Jameis, uh, he goes back into that that uh, utility man role, I, I think. And, and then, Big Q, like, he made so much money, like, doing this. Like, he, he yes, wasn't going to make this amount of money being no backup in the National Football League, not taking not one snap, okay? I mean, yes. he, he's going to, at the end of his contract, he's going to make well over $20 million. Right. I mean, so to me – He's overachieved from that regard. So to me, I feel like he needs to, to, to embrace that whole Swiss Army role because it, it, it's going to be tough for a, a team to invest in a 31 at, you know, next year he's going to be 32. year old quarterback and feel like he's going to be a franchise guy. So to me, I feel like he needs to give it that old college try. And if it doesn't work out, to embrace that role. And I, I guarantee you he can play in the league uh, at least almost into his 40s you know i mean the fact that he can do so many different things right uh frank says uh winston has the nfl uh quarterback experience over hill by far regardless of the whole interception blunder in tampa he is in a far better system better coaching better weapons around him including hill sean payton has to master the playbook with the weapons he has who that uh i, I agree i agree with frank um what, what he's saying right here um, but let's let's dissect this when we talk about uh, Jameis Winston. Now, a lot of a lot of fans of the Who That Nation that a team taste them, they'll bring up those interceptions. Do you think that those interceptions were an anomaly? Do you think that it had a lot to do with the with the scheme? Uh, do you think, or did you believe that it had something to do with Jameis j- just not being a very good quarterback? What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, maybe a combination of all those, uh, TJ to a degree, you know, uh, he was called, I mean, the system in Tampa Bay was, was not a balanced system yeah. and he was called, he was forced to do things and forced the ball down the field of running. They had a bunch of a running a, attack. Uh, the offensive line was a half off offensive line. They were dealing with injuries. The defense was there. The defense was, I mean, it was not a very good team, not to mention a turnover with the coaching staff and all of the offensive coordinators that he, I mean, it was just ridiculous. He didn't have that consistency. And uh, Frank is absolutely right, man. Uh, with Coach Payton, the stability, that's the biggest point. You know what I'm saying? Coming here, TJ, stability. Same coach for uh, umpteen years here. Uh, same uh, offensive coordinator. It's, if one thing we can offer is stability in, the, in a serious system, man, that can help Jameis. And he had one year, a demotion pretty much what it was, bro, as a third-string quarterback watching Taysom Hill with no NFL QB experience going there last year. And go over, start over him, and Jameis sat there and took all that, man. So I have to give him credit because his mind is strong, man. And and uh, I'm just so proud of how he handled this, how he turned his life around, man. Yeah, really I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think that he has matured. But let's let's go ahead and talk about uh, Jameis Winston and a new system. And yeah. let's talk about this mini camp that's different from all the other mini camps of the past. Right. Do you think that the Saints came up with this mini camp format? It, it was a lot of weightlifting and mm-hmm. a lot of classroom work. Like yeah. you looked at some of these other teams, they're out there, they're throwing the passes, they're, you know, doing those uh, seven on sevens. The Saints didn't really do too much of that. It was right. almost like if, if guys were doing seven on seven, it was because they wanted to do it. I mean, it mm-hmm. was basically something separate from the coaches. Do you right. think Sean Payton and his coaching staff came up with this format because there are going to be, uh, you know, different offensive schemes that's going to take place and a new quarterback under center? Do you think it had a lot to do with that? I, I think that's a major part of it, TJ. I think that's a major part of it. And of course, Coach Payton is not a guy that's uh, above, uh, you know, that's not alien to innovation. You know, yeah. what he did during the C-19 stuff of last year when he isolated, self-isolated players. I mean, he did a lot of stuff last year. He did an excellent job around the C-19 stuff that we don't give him nearly enough credit for, to be honest with you. And uh, of his motivational techniques and things that he would do to keep the team, the people in sync. He's been an innovator of those type of techniques. So that's just him being more imaginative and bringing in stuff to keep the team together. I mean, you got a lot of young pieces and having them to come together with that high turnout is a positive. Yeah, I, I, I believe I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Black and Gold Breakdown podcast. Uh, Paulson Adebo was once considered a top cornerback prospect if he would have declared for the 2019 draft. So what do you think he needs to improve on so much that the coaches find it so alarming that it uh, spurs doubt? Uh, I'll go ahead and let you uh, touch on that, Big Q. We're talking about Paulson Adebo. Mm-hmm. Is that something that uh, you feel like the coaches need him to do Um I don't know if you watched any film on him or yeah, I watched. Uh, you been, yeah, okay. So what what have you seen from Paulson Adebo, and do you think he has what it takes to to possibly be that number two corner that we've been asking about in the offseason? Big shoes to fill, TJ. Uh, moving into the Jack Rabbit Jenkins position, but Paulson Adebo, one thing that steps out on tape about him, he got high football IQ, rangy cornerback, really intelligent, smart, knows when to. Uh, adjust, uh, knows when the ball is coming, intelligent enough to whip his head around, locate the football, make a play on it. That's something that a lot of the cornerbacks, are, some of our backup cornerbacks have broken necks. They can't turn their head at the proper time <laughs> to locate the ball for whatever reason. So, I mean, they must have been in the car accident or something, TJ, because they can't whip the head around for whatever reason. I don't get that. But, I mean, I think Paulson the Debo is, 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 is pretty good. A lot of people are kind of doubting Paulson because, he opted out it last year, and prior to that, he had some injury uh, that occurred in the that what was it the twenty nineteen or uh, the twenty uh, the twenty nineteen season I think mm-hmm. it was. So the year before the C nineteen year, uh, so that's a that's an extended period of time where he didn't play football. A lot of people are kind of oh I don't know about this, and also he's his you know a lot of I seen some pundits saying oh he's a third round draft pick cornerback and we need to be leery of that. I think Paulson Adebo. Uh, is very intelligent. I think he'll pick it up. He just need to get the reps and get out of there. But I think eventually Coach Payton will bring in a veteran to kind of uh, compete with him. And ultimately, if he doesn't get it, get the starting job up front, I think later on he'll probably he'll end up with it. Yeah, I think he's an extremely smart kid. I mean, just yeah, looking at his interviews and and I like the fact that how confident he is in himself. You know, right. like he's a guy that believes that he is one of the best. Uh, I do feel like he could have been a first round draft pick if look, I don't like to me, I know a lot of people are trying to knock him because he opt out, but the Pac-12, they they were not sure if they were going to have a season or not. This is and true. 
you know, they were going back and forth about it. You had teams thinking it was going to move to another, you know, another division, another conference or rather, you know, in order for them to play. And I can understand why people would be a little bit iffy about playing in a Pac-12. But here's a guy who has wide receiver experience, which means that, you know, he knows how to catch the ball. He's a guy that can locate the football. He understands different uh, defensive concepts. Uh, And I feel like what he has going for him is he will be one of those uh, new guys under a brand new Chris Rashard type secondary, a guy that that can get that can learn from a guy uh, like Chris Rashard, a guy that can, you know, he can mold kind of in that that, that Seattle Seahawks type image. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, Big Q, I'm I'm such an advocate uh, of getting somebody like Richard Sherman to come in to be a little bit more of not so much of a a guy that's the opposite of Lattimore, but as a mentor mostly as well, a guy that can kind of help have those other guys to buy into what Chris Richard is selling. Because, you know, when guys are like in a league for so for so long and they start to become all pros and pro bowlers and stuff like that, they they feel like, well, anybody really got to check, you know, nobody can really tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, right. it, you know, and, and if somebody like Richard Sherman, who has the pedigree, who has the cachet that can come in and be like, man, this guy really – you know, took me under his wing, you know what I'm saying? He comes with a lot of credibility. I think guys will be able to listen just a little bit more. But, you know, I, I think that Paulson Adebo, I, I really don't know what a lot of people uh, are missing. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't say that he's not going to come out there and he's not going to be able to play from day one. I mean, a lot of the things that I'm seeing from this kid tells me that the Saints got something special. And mm-hmm. when it when it all comes together, he's going to be a solid corner. I don't know if he's going to be a yeah. shutdown corner, but I, I think that he can be a guy that we won't have to worry about opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. Right. Uh, Derek says Taysom uh, doesn't slide and can be a fumble machine. Not even sure he can read defense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like, look, I, I will give <laughs> I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, when you playing all those different positions and you're in and out of each um, room, you're gonna pick <laughs> up the facility. Something. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to remember this. You got to remember this special teams package. You got to remember this tight end package. You got to remember play quarterback. But it, it'll be interesting to see, man. I mean, I don't feel like he has an excuse uh, going into uh, the 2021 season because they're not asking him to do all those different things right now. The only thing they're right. asking him to do is focus on being a quarterback. Right. So this is, is the moment where we really see what Taysom is made of. Uh, would you agree with that, Big Q, or would you oh. think differently? No, you you hitting on it there, TJ. I, I agree. I think uh, Taysom being a quarterback was some of the things, uh, you know, that was kind of – that's why, in my in my opinion, if you think about his battle with Jameis Winston or, the you know, what they're saying, the competition between the two, uh, Jameis Winston last year was in the QB room 100%. Taysom was all over the place. Right. And it's tough for you to beat out a guy that you in the quarterback room 25% of the time. He's there 100%. So, I mean, yeah, I think he picked Taysom Hill's a really intelligent dude, but the QB position is a very hard position to play. I know you see him running wide, running routes and doing stuff and, and, right. and all that. He's really intelligent to pick up that and have success at a position that he didn't play. And other guys beating out other guys still in their reps now. Right. He was taking Traquan Smith reps and all this kind of stuff and a tight end reps and running back reps. He was taking all of their reps because Coach Payton seen him as impactful. So I think yeah. Taysom Hill has a lot of bonus, a lot of great positives to him. But the quarterback position, man, that is something that is that's and, and it's that's tough. And then the turnovers, yeah, TJ, that that's that's really problematic because he turned the ball over a lot last year. Yeah. 
really problematic. Yeah, that, that's something too, man. That's not that's something that you don't want to see from your quarterback. No, you know what I mean? absolutely. Look, quarterbacks, they, they got to be able to hold on to the football because they touch the football more than anybody, you know? So right. him fumbling that football, that, that's alarming. And, and I got to say this, yeah. you know, going back to a couple of years back, and I understand this was a preseason game, but there was one game, I think he started like when they when they uh, played against the Cardinals. And I mean, he was it was like the same thing. He was turning the ball over. He was fumbling the football. Right. So I don't know what's going on with that. But I hopefully, don't know, hopefully he can focus on ball security, man. And I don't know, get with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, somebody that don't fumble, <laughs> two guys that don't fumble <laughs> a lot. And maybe they can come up with some technique or something like that to help him uh, hold on to the football because that's imperative, man. I mean, that can yeah. be that can be the difference maker if you are. Uh, in the lead for the quarterback competition because, I mean, you got to be able to hold on to the football. And we know that uh, Sean Payton hates, uh, you know, turnovers. Ghostface, right. uh, thank you very much for the $5. Said, Two of my favorite right here. All of us appreciate you guys so much. Who that? Yeah, we appreciate Who you, Ghostface. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being a supporter as well. Uh, we put I put the uh, I put the link inside of the comments. So if you want, I'll take a few phone calls uh, for me and Big Q. Uh, see what you all have to say. Uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, Damien says, I know a lot of people have been joking on Taysom, but I'm happy he's a uh, second quarterback because trust me, we might need him at one point. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, look, everybody is hoping and praying and wishing um, that Jameis pans out, but I mean, it's it's no guarantee that he will. So it's good to have somebody that, you know, that, that you can count on and be able to make some noise, make some things happen, man. So that, that is a good that is a good thing to have a guy that that's been in the system a guy that you know uh understands uh you know sean payton sean payton understands him and also we've seen uh last year that there can be a package together enough for us to you know be able to salvage some games there all right, right. so yeah we're going to go ahead and take a phone call we're gonna go to uh aaron uh here from the black and gold breakdown podcast aaron what's going on man What's going on, TJ? Big, uh, Big Q, this is my first time officially meeting you, brother. I'm extremely privileged to finally be in the same room with you. I've heard a couple of things about you on Twitter from a, Much love, from a couple of uh, friends of mine. Uh, I, you got to hit me up with your social media so I can so I can follow you and show you my support over here at the BG Breakdown Podcast, man. TJ's been doing his thing over here. He's been supporting me, so I want to send that same courtesy over, over there to you, man. Oh no, Aaron! I appreciate the love, my man, and uh, it's it's. Uh, I've seen I've seen a couple of your podcasts. You're doing excellent work, my brother. Much love to you, bro, and and man, a lot of great great work out there that you're putting out there, man. Keep up the great work, man. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm gonna do my very best. Now, speaking of the Saints, I'm gonna go ahead and get right to it because I'm pretty sure a, a lot of people are gonna want to come in and get their voices heard. Uh, honestly, the one thing I'm very interested right now in is not only just Paulson Adebo and what he can bring to the secondary of the New Orleans Saints, especially with Chris Richard, because we all know what Chris Richard can do with a Stanford cornerback, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Richard Sherman. But uh, I'm more interested in what Sean Payton has up his sleeve for Ian Book. Uh, not, not many of us are talking about Ian Book, but he is the most he is the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame school history. Not just because we can what he can do in creating opportunities out of chaos, but his yeah. versatility and being able to do a little bit of the RPO and the power design runs, just like Taysom Hill. And he's and he's coming in on fresh legs. I believe, and this is a hot take, I believe since since Taysom Hill is focusing on being a sole quarterback uh going into training camp, I believe Sean Payne is going to utilize Ian Book 
the same way he used Taysom Hill and and third and short to maybe even red zone situations. The RPOs, the power design runs. He's got the he's got the legs and he's got the physicality to his game that he's not afraid of going up against linebackers or safeties coming down from coming down from the backfield to make a play. Right. I think I think your book's going to be one of a is going to be a sleeper a sleeping giant going into the season. Big Q, TJ, what do you guys think about that? I start, I'll let you go ahead with that, Big Q. I'll let you go ahead, man. All right, thank you, TJ. Uh, I, 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 man, Ian Book, man. Really, I was big on Sam Ellinger coming out of college. I thought, you know, I liked him a lot. But, man, I started watching Ian Book, man. And the more footage I watched on Ian Book, the more I, I really loved this game. I mean, it, the, the, you mentioned a lot of great things. But, I, you know, one of the great things that stood out for me of watching Ian Book was the fact that when defenders are coming from coming from his eyes is always centered on that wide receiver. So he's scrambling around looking and he never, his eyes never drop to the defender. He's always looking upfield. He has this capability to get out of pro, out of, uh, you know, problematic situations. He's a ball player, man. I like him. He's damn sure a winner. And when you say what you say about him being the number one winning this coach at Notre Dame, that's Joe Montana. That's Joe Theismann. You're talking about some pretty big names that he went and did over there. I mean, we got a winner here. And uh, he got that little Drew Brees thing, a lot of people, the undersized thing. But Ian Book, man, watch out for that dude, man. Coach Payton made a, a great draft move with him. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for my dude, Ian Book. I'm also very excited to see what Marquez Callaway has coming up this year for the New Orleans Saints. An undrafted, an undrafted receiver coming out of Tennessee, mainly because of the bad quarterback play they've had over there during his tenure. But the one thing that stands out with Marquez Callaway to me is consistency. He earned that. He earned that starting time uh, with Drew Brees. He earned that trust. He earned that. Uh, he earned on. He earned those. Uh, he, those. Uh, he earned those starts, especially yeah. when he has been impactful on special teams. And that's where I believe he made his mark. I believe it was what week three, week four. I guess it was. A, I guess the Los Angeles Chargers where he really started to come on. He really showed that he can really impact the game from being a from a punt return standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about that. But let me get your thoughts on this, Big Q. When you watch, I'm sure you've watched the uh, the interviews of all of our recent draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that stands out to me is character, the vibrancy, the charisma of every single guy that you've seen is talk on the mic, whether it be Paulson or Debo, to mm-hmm. someone is to someone even like landing young. These guys have swag to their game. They're mm-hmm. hungry. They are to, they're determined to, to beat the person in front of them. What do you think about their character as a whole? I mean, it's just they did an excellent job picking up winners, bro. You look at this crop of players we got. Not A lot of people may not uh, feel that way about uh, Werner, the, the linebacker. But listen, these guys are productive. They're ball players, man. And they, like I said, our coaching staff is one of the best in the league and finding te- uh, people like this. Don't be surprised if a couple of these guys are starting for you next year. I mean, these Landon Young is a guy that comes with big upside. Uh, Ian Book is, you don't have any other, when I mean, you look at the quarterback situation contractually speaking, there are no other quarterbacks on the Saints roster after this year except for Ian Book. The Saints have big plans moving forward with Ian Book. A lot of people, we'll see how it go. One goal, he moves from Notre Dame, go helmet to the black and gold, go helmet. But these are, these are Saints players True and true. Quine Baker, all these guys are will have impact on this team. Maybe not so much this year, but definitely over the next couple of years, they're going to really help the Saints keep a transition in the head, going up, trending upward. 
Yeah. yeah, hard facts. Let me get one more question. I'll, I'll get out of here for the next caller. This is for both of you guys, right? You talked about Pete Warner, and he's not much of a character guy with charisma, right? But when you watch – I've watched Pete Warner since he started in Ohio State. I've watched his game. I've watched how he, hit, he handles himself in interviews. The most recent interview he did for the New Orleans Saints – it really, it really just summarizes what he's all about. He's a guy that you would love to uh, hang out with at a bar and share a couple of beers with, right? He's a very fun guy to talk with. But when he's on the field, he is all business. He's all about killing the guy who has the ball, mm-hmm. making a play on the ball, whether it be playing the will or playing the mic. I recently did a video on Pete Winter versus Zach Vaughn, who's mm-hmm. going to win that starting will, will linebacker position for the New Orleans Saints, I went with Pete Warner because he has that experience, right? Mm. When you're talking about that will linebacker spot, TJ, you talked about this before. You had a will linebacker has to be the fastest guy on the field. And Quan Alexander, not only was he physically was he physically fast, he understood what it entailed to be a will linebacker, diagnosing diagnosing uh plays where he needs to be and dropping back into coverage. That it's it's the mental process. That goes along with being a will linebacker, and I believe Pete Warner more has uh, the tools to set uh, in both aspects. Whereas Zach Bond is a guy coming from a three-four system, who I believe should have been more effective in a Chicago Bear or Green Bay Packer style defense, or maybe with Tampa Bay because of Shaquille Barrett. But Zach Bond being more of a physical speed guy versus Pete Warner, who's play who plays so who plays so slow, that's also seems like it's kind of fast. I, I I equate him to be a little bit of a Luke Keekly esque, and now so now that's mm. a, now that hold, hold on, on. Whoa. Now, yeah 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 that's a big stretch I know but I I say that because of his ability to his his instincts to play the to play the to play the position the uh, the instincts the recognition right. Pete Warner has those kind of, has that potential in him so Big Q who do you think is going to uh, win that will linebacker position do you think it's going to be Pete Warner or do you think it's going to be Zach Vaughn? That's a great point you're making right there, my friend. Uh, Pete Werner definitely has more uh, experience from a collegiate level playing that position. And the knock on Werner was athleticism, that he has a problem with athletic tight ends and wide receivers, running backs of that way. But all I've seen when I put the tape on to Pete Werner is that he's the first freaking guy in the play. hitting the, uh, So all his faster linebacker uh, compatriots on the team he out of all of the he's supposed to be more athletically gifted than Pete Werner, but guess who's at the ball carrier before anybody? He get he has great what I call anticipatory anticipatory skills. He doesn't get fooled by the misdirection. He knows exactly where the ball is, and he puts his helmet in there first, ultimately trying to discharge dislodge that ball from the ball carrier. He plays with his hair on fire, and that's the type of linebackers I like. Now Zach Bourne, athletic, he has the athleticism. He does have the size to play the position. And I'm really high or uh, big or I really love our position coaches, the linebacker coach. Demario Davis is another guy that will help him get on the field. But make no qualms about it. Even though they're looking at Bond as a starter, Werner is definitely a guy that's going to be on his heels. You, you got two high-ranking linebackers the Saints took over the last two years, moved up. We used a couple of picks to move up to get Zach Bond a year before, and then we picked uh, Werner with the second-round pick. So – one way or other, we're going to find the, the, the uh, matchup, the, the guy that's going to compliment uh, Demario Davis. Oh, yeah, that's definitely so, I, so out of the two, I would have to go with Zach Bond uh, because of that. But, man, listen, you make great points on that. Werner is, is going to be on his heels. 
It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's and gonna be very they, interesting to see, man. And he's running the mic. He's he's running the mic as well as the will. So that kind of just says to me that even if he doesn't beat out Zach Vaughn, they're going to find a way to they're going to find a way to include him in some schemes. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's all I got for right now. I appreciate you guys. Uh, let me get my questions off and my opinions off. Big Q, let me let me know what your social media is so I can go give you a follow and give you my support. I'd love to have you as a guest on the Black and Gold Breakdown podcast when we get when we go back to doing the uh, those live those live type of things as my special guest of the week. Uh, oh, anytime, bro. Let me know the sports coma, my friend, is where I'm at. Th- and uh, appreciate that, bro. Much love to you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate right, that, Aaron, man. Thank you so much, man. All right, yeah, good stuff, man. Easy. All right, yeah. man. Shouts out to Aaron, man. Look, man, I'm gonna just let y'all talk, man, because y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all guys, uh, y'all know y'all stuff, man. I mean, look, <laughs> they hear me all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so love to hear like different, you know, different takes on some of these topics, man. I love that, love that energy. And shouts out to Aaron, uh, Mocha. Um, before I get to Byron, says uh, Saints may want Turner uh, to be a uh, pair uh, with Marcus Davenport for the future, but Davenport got to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, look. Marcus Davenport, you know, he has a lot of uh, ability, a lot of athleticism. I mean, nobody's questioning that. It's just his inability to stay healthy, man. Big Q, uh, I mean, Marcus Davenport, what's your thoughts on, on Marcus Davenport? I mean, do you think that the Saints need to go ahead and chuck this up as a loss, or do you think they still need to give him a, a chance? I mean, I'd love to hear, hear your take on this, man. <laughs> well, well that, that's, that, that's a lot of people feeling that way, uh, Brother TJ, but I think um, – I kind of – I talked about Davenport, man. I think this year it's a Mm -hmm. group of players that I really think uh, take it to the next level. I think Davenport, Marcus uh, Marcus Williams, Marcus Davenport, uh, and several other Saints players take it to another level. And I think uh, uh, the part of it is like what you was talking about, Jameis Winston, uh, having that improvement by getting his mind right. And, of course, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson spoke about getting your mind right. And several other players, including Davenport, spoke about getting your mind right. So, I mean, I think this year Davenport turns it on. I wouldn't consider him a bust, but I do kind of equate him to – you know a Daniil Hunter coming out of LSU, TJ, mm-hmm. where he was he came out extremely raw, just like, Dav- just like Davenport. They're mm-hmm. mirror, they really mirror each other in game and even in stature. And they And if you pay close attention – even in their path to get to where they are. You had uh, Hunter was hurt just like Davenport was, but he officially got his body where he needed to be. And then boom, he started coming with them sacks and rapid recession. So I'm thinking Davenport and with that, with Cam Jordan also helping them because he'd been working with Cam. He's been healthy in the off season. And usually he's not that, you know what I'm saying? TJ, he's usually hurt. You got to rehab and then start working on this game. This time around, he was actually healthy going into the offseason. He's been working with Cam. Cam been sharing uh, little techniques of how to stay healthy in the season. And I really think Davenport has a, a big year this year. I really do. Yeah, I just think that he needs to get out of his own way. I mean, he mentioned that in his press conference, you know, trying to get that sack, uh, probably listening to what people are saying about him. Look, you have to have confidence in yourself. You got to have confidence in, in, in your skill set and, and also uh, your practice and, and the things that you – uh, doing in order for you to become great and, right. and I just feel like you know being that first uh you know first pick for the New Orleans Saints uh probably hearing all these things about the Saints trading up and it didn't really do them any uh you know do many favors the fact that the guy that everybody thought the Saints were going to get in Lamar Jackson ended up being league MVP so I mean with all these different things going on in your mind I mean it's it's easy for you to uh you know it's it to mess with your psyche 
But hopefully right. this season, man, he can just get out of his own way and just play free and have fun. Right. I mean, this is your fourth year, uh, fourth year with the same uh, defensive coordinator, uh, same uh, I mean, defensive line coach. So, and, and these are the guys that you've been with since the start. So, um, just go out there and have fun, play some football, and and, and everything else to take care of yourself. Amen to that, brother TJ. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to uh, Byron. Byron, how you doing, man? What's going on, fam? What's going on, TJ? Be cute. Who else, yeah, brother Byron? Yeah, how you doing, man? Uh, what you got for us, man? Uh, man, I mean, I'm just thinking that we're talking about Davenport, more we're talking about Taysom and Jameis. You know, I was saying about this on, you know, with Q, you know what I'm saying? I think Jameis going to have a good year. Um, I'm so excited for him to get the opportunity, you know, to be the quarterback he could be. And I think that he's going to have success with the, the Saints this year. They ain't never had in a long time ago where he was in Tampa, I think. Uh, it's not going to be struggles with him. He's not going to have no problems. He's going to have a better head coach with Sean Payne. going to call the game like he is. I think that he's going to do off his line. You know, it's going to protect him. You have a running game. You got the, the nice weapons with Michael Thomas and Callaway, Alan Trotman, Nick Van Nett. You got Dante Harris, Trey Quan Smith. That's going to help um, Jameis. That's going to prove he could be as a better player he could be. I think that he's going to have successful down here in New Orleans. And I'm so excited that he finally got an opportunity. He can take the chance that he's going to have, that he's going to have a, a, a bright uh, for the year that he never had it in a while. And I think that the offense going to look good, though, and I think that's going to surround James a lot more proof that he could be the quarterback in the game. But I think he's going to have a good, um, a tremendous season, though he never had it. He had it worse every year because he just played so bad, but just never had it. He never had it successful like he used to be when he was a first overall pick. And I think to me that that's the struggle for him, though. But he ain't got to worry about that no more because I think it's a process, but he's going to proceed, though. But he's going to have more... Uh, a, a fantastic day he gonna ever had in a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say, you know, I feel with James though, because I like James a lot though. And I like the way he could bring things because he's a winning, he's a winning player, but he's a winning guy, but he's a good person though. He got a good personality though. He's a smart dude. You know what I'm saying? He have confidence and he trusts himself. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe how he know he take things to the next the way to beyond, but he's not trying to back down and say, okay, I, I can't say I can't have when I'm not going to have. But the order is that he know how to do things the right way though. He's not trying to screw things up. He's not trying to make us a purpose, but he's not trying to be betrayed for something he's not going to be cause of it of himself because his team going to have his back no matter what. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be brought down, but like I say, it's going to know for sure he maintain and stay his self-focused so he can bring his game to the next level. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want in, in James because you're not going to get the old James that you never had, but you're going to get a new, different type of James that you're going to see that the Saints look at him like I'm looking at him right now. And I think the who that family know they know is to support him because I'm going to support him no matter what. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for James no matter what. And I'm as a fan that is it, because I'm always a diehard Saints fan, TJ. I've been I've been known for the Saints for no day since Drew Brees came arrived. You know what I'm saying? I was born and raised, you know, down here in Louisiana. I was like, you know, I've been like, I'm a diehard, like I'm always gonna be a fan, fan like is though, bro. I represent my team, though. I roll with my boys, you know what I'm saying? I ride with them, you know what I'm saying? And I think that my team always gonna be the team they're gonna be. You know, they're gonna be more as the best team they're not gonna be. But I think you can't just take everything for something that's not gonna cost, for something that's gonna be playing for. So, um, I'm not. I'm not trying. He's not gonna be a bad player, but he is good. You gotta have. You just gotta know for sure. You gotta trust him, though, and you just gotta accept that because it's not gonna take the wrong way as a path. But I think that you know, you know, you have some around the guys that's gonna, you know, play with him, though. But when he played with the team that he got right now, that's who he is. Then all of a sudden, it's all said. Sky's the limit, though, for him, though. And I just think I'm really looking for him, though. And he's gonna have a good, fantastic in 2021, bro. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we're, we're all hoping that he does, you know, and uh, hopefully he turns the corner. There's a lot of different elements in New Orleans that he didn't have in Tampa, but I'm mm -hmm. not just going to, you know, just completely 
you know, just let him off the hook, man. You got to go out there and you got to perform. There's some things that I'm pretty sure he could, he will agree with that he's going to have to get rid of in order for him to take that extra step. He has all the tools, man. I don't think anybody in the chat or anybody that ever come on this show would say that Jameis Winston isn't a gifted quarterback. The problem is I feel like when he tries to do too much, but if you uh, look at Jameis Winston and, and being in Tampa, being a first pick overall, when you're a first pick overall, people look at you as the savior of a franchise. Nobody's really looking at him to be the savior of the franchise. People just looking at him as, as you know, being a quarterback of the Saints is just don't screw up, man. Just do your job. And you don't have to you don't have to worry about being the is all and be all of the New Orleans Saints because everything else will take care of itself. And as long as Jameis does that, then he should be just fine. But as long as he goes out there and he's trying to, you know, they say make a, a mountain out of a moat hill, he's going to continue to have the same type of uh, transgressions on uh, issues that he had out there in Tampa. But we're all rooting for him, man. No doubt about that. You're okay. I say one minute, you know what I'm saying? I would say I'm always going to be cheering for James, no matter what, but I just think I believe, I believe, you know, that he always have so the, the power that he has, the strength that he believe that he can do things the right and right, you know what I'm saying? He's not trying to do things wrong. He's not trying to screw things up. He's not going to make mistakes and calls for something that's going to be blamed for. But I think the purpose is that he know how to do things look correctly, though. He fixed everything. He solved everything. But he know now he get everything straight and organized, you know what I'm saying? But it's not going to turn like you're going to see that. Ricky James, like I said, you're going to see the James that's going to be as a veteran player. You know, and that's why I see that in, in his vision. I see his eyes. And I looked at when I saw, you know, everything, what kind of he is, or what kind of man he is as a person. And I see what he knows that he's always going to be for who he is, though. He's got to know you got to accept that man. You can't be hating on the man because he's not going to do something strange about it. And then it was like it's going to take things, you know, for granted, but make a purpose. But no, thing that just feel like you just think the man don't want to be here because he want to be with the Saints. He chose the Saints to come back for a reason, though. That's why Sean Payton liked to do very much because he know he cared about this man. He know he's not going to say, okay, James is going to stink it up in the field. No, he's not going to do that because you're not going to see something that you don't see what you're looking at when no James is going to be like the guy is going to be the guy, but you're not going to just think, okay, he's just pulling you like turning the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? But it's that you got to refrain, but you just got to respect the man, respect and earn the man who respect and deserve. Right. You know, and that's what I'm saying. You got to give some more, you know, the, the, the word that he know he can feel that he can feel, but just don't say that oh, he can't have, he cannot have, he cannot do, he cannot do. You know what I'm saying? But you got to roll as a dice, but you got to take how it is though, bro. Because it's compliment because you got to take his, his sloop to sloop, but you just you can't take everything away from the man. Can he do what he can do? He, he's a winner though. He's not a loser, but I'm just think that I have so much, you know, for James, but James is always going to be like things that he could do things the smart and, and have calm. And common sense, you know what I'm saying? Because that's when you want to hear the kind of person when he spreads himself out, you know what I'm saying? Make yourself feel comfortable, but he's not going to have the struggles that he never had. He's going to turn the ball over too many like he didn't going to do. When he was in Tampa, you know what I'm saying? He just never had the, the kind of game that bring his game the way he want to bring his game more better, though. And he's going to prove that, though, this year. But you just got to have for sure that you can't just let him down like that. You just say, okay, James is bad, but he's worse, though. But he's not. But you just don't see that he could do what he could do with the Saints, though. Because the Saints know they have so much confidence for him, but that James know he has so for himself in his heart and everything. He believes his heart, because his heart is always going to be right there, but he's all about winning games, but he also want to win championship. Because right. that's the man you want right there. You want him to, you want the kind of man that bring that energy, but that's what you want him to do. He got the tools, but he got all the guys around that going to, you know, this offense they going to play any way it is, though, but you just got to have for sure that, you don't have a quarterback, but it's all about doing what he's going to do in the process. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, look, as long as they don't try to 
you know, just change him up too much, allow him to play free and do the things that he does best. I, I think the sky's the limit for him. But uh, Byron, thank you so much, man. Appreciate the take and uh, call back anytime, my friend. No problem, TJ. Anytime. Thank you, bro. And who that for life? Uh, who that? Who that? Yeah, I mean, he, he made some good points, man. As long as, as they don't take, you know, everything away from him. I'm, I'm seeing like in, in the chat here, I've seen people uh, saying things like game manager. I don't think I don't think that Jameis Winston should be a game manager. I mean, that's just me. But Big Q, I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think he should be a game manager? I I, I don't see. I, I don't see him being a game manager. Uh, that's a good one, TJ. Uh, I, I think that's the the uh, overwhelming consensus about what Jam- uh, Jameis needs to do. I think he will do more than what a game manager does. I mean, everybody's kind of looking at his interceptions and saying, well, we, he'll throw 30 interceptions. I don't see that happening in Coach Sean Payton's offense. Absolutely not. And your point, your previous point about the Saints, uh, uh, him, him being the savior of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, franchise, that's very true. He's not the savior of the franchise for New Orleans Saints. Yep. The Saints have a vital and very dangerous and NFL top three or number one, in my opinion, rushing attack that will continue next year the saints will run the ball and like i, I got a little saying that says two rushes first down two <laughs> rushes and that's what it is we average full run 4.5 rushes a, a yard per carry tj two rushes first down baby i mean we what we did last year several uh 200 rushing game performances uh i won the christmas day game where we put seven rushing touchdowns on one team this right. is absolutely insane. And Coach Payton realized that, and that'll be one of the biggest things that he used this year. So Jameis is not going to act as a savior for the Saints because the Saints don't need no savior. The Saints right. are already a, a dominant team, but they got a lot of people underselling us, bro. And that's today folly because they don't know who these players are. They don't know about the uh, these young up-and-coming players like Troutman and Marquez Calloway, uh, Trey Quine Smith. Uh, Deontay Harris and all these other guys that will have impacts on in the Saints offense. This is still Sean Payton after all. So all right. I do think Sean, I think, I think uh, Jameis Winston will elevate the play because he brings that vertical attack. But all that other stuff I said, the tight ends and everything involved, plus a lot of uh, the continuity, the offensive line is getting better. And of course, Mike Thomas returns helps out as well. Elvin Kamara still one of the top in the business. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the Saints are a really good football team. And I, yes, I've said sir. this on several occasions. You know, you you have a lot of Saints fans who just remember the Saints being terrible yes. when, before Drew Brees got here. So they just feel like that's the one common denominator, a major factor that's no longer here. So all of a sudden, the Saints is going to go back into obscurity. But they're wow. not really putting any credit or respect on the name of Sean Payton. Yes. Like, I, I tell people all the time, man, let's respect the Drew Brees. But Drew Brees wasn't the Drew Brees we knew him to be when he was in San Diego. He was not. I mean, he was he was a guy that was up and down. He had a solid season. He was going into a Pro Bowl uh, year, but he wasn't putting up these type of yards. And it, you have to say the combination between Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I mean, it, it made both of these guys successful. And we also seen Sean Payton, uh, you know, Sean Payton go out here with a different quarterback and go out there and execute a game plan. The Saints over the last two years, eight and one, without Drew Brees. So, I mean, would we have this type of mind frame or this type of assurance or this confidence that we can have life outside of Drew Brees if in the last two years we didn't see Drew Brees get hurt? Probably not. So we know that it's possible for it to get done. And I think that the last couple of years should tell every Saints fan 
that everything's going to be okay as long as Sean Payton is the head coach. Uh, but before we get to John and his question, I want to let everybody know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. You go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. You'll save 20% off of all of your male grooming products that are available for Manscaped. Father's Day is a couple days away. There's still time. There's rush delivery that's available. Uh, use that promo code once again, State of Saints. Save 20% off on all Manscaped items at Manscaped.com. Let's go ahead and... Uh, Go to John. Uh, John, what's going on, man? Hey there, Big Kevin. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, John, how you doing, man? I'm <laughs> doing up, wonderful. What's up, Big Kevin? How are you doing? I'm doing good, bro. <laughs> I want to sit up there and talk about my brother from another mother, Taysom Hill. People <laughs> are counting this dude out like he can't be a starting quarterback. Tell me my cousin fumbled. Look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton fumbled 10 times when he was a rookie quarterback. And he he rearranged his career, won MVP. Uh, now he sucks, but I mean, look what he did, though. <laughs> People are counting out Taysom Hill for Jameis Winston when Jameis Winston hasn't proved anything, just like Taysom hasn't really proved anything yet. We don't know what Taysom can do to a full potential because we just seen him start like four or five games. Mm. We've seen um, Jameis start. Uh, 16 games and threw 30 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Taysom hasn't done that. And let's not act like in college, Taysom Hill wasn't the best, one of the best quarterbacks in college. He was looked at as a Heisman finalist. He could run the ball. He can throw the ball. People are counting out Taysom Hill, and I think Taysom is going to be a good quarterback, and I like Taysom. But I just feel like most people in the Who That Nation is just looking at Jameis as this first overall draft pick and He's through 5,000 yards, and he just automatically have a slot edge over Taysom. And we all know um, T- Sean Payton is flabbergasted with Taysom Hill. And mm. more than likely, Taysom is going to start week one. Mm. I mean, what's your opinion on that, Big Q? Well, brother, <laughs> first of all, brother, it's always good. good to hear from you, brother. <laughs> good to hear from you, too, brother. And, uh, but the, the taste and take, man, you're right. They haven't proved anything on the field as of yet. Um, and like I said, uh, Taysom Hill has, a, I say, a huge uh, climb. And you're right. Coach Payton is, is quite enthralled with uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill. But I, I still say, regardless or not, even if Taysom – I put it on Jameis because it's it's quite evident he has. The but experience. but Taysom is the case. Have you seen Taysom play the quarterback? He's the next great thing since Russell Wilson and Joe Montana. Have you seen Taysom Hill throw the football? Yeah. Yes, sir, I have. He I, throws I the football that. way better than Jameis. He runs the football uh, way better than Jameis. He has what? better IQ. Taysom can read a defense. Taysom didn't throw but one interception when he started. Um, Taysom can um. He can run. He's mobile. He's smart. He's a Mormon, and I'm a Mormon, and I like him. People, <laughs> I like Taysom, and I think he's going to win the starting job, and, and I don't want people to be butthurt when he does win the starting job in week one. I think people are going to be upset and say, oh, Sean Payton is crazy. He don't know what he's doing, but let Taysom go up there take us. And I feel like we will have a better chance of going, you know, 13-3 and three with Taysom because he knows his system. He's been a part of it for three years. He, you know, he knows how Sean Payton thinks. He knows what he's working with. He's been here for four years. James only been here too. I mean, Eric McCoy know how to work with him because they played with him before. They are familiar with James, and I think 
that gives him the slider edge over Jameis because the guys are familiar with him. You know, I want Jameis to succeed, but, I mean, people are just acting like Taysom Hill isn't even an option. They're just disregarding this man when he's put in work this offseason. I mean, he doesn't go up there and record everything he does, but he's been putting in work as well. But that's what I want to get up there and say, I love Taysom, and I want Taysom to be the starter. I don't like Jameis. He stole crab legs. That ain't right. But that's all I'm going to say. Go Saints. (laughs) All right, John. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, um, people are entitled to their opinion, man. I'm not here to, like, take anything away from anybody. If that if that's the way they feel that Taysom should be the starter, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take that away from him. You know, I mean, he does have some good qualities. I mean, if he, he buckles down, I mean, he can be a serviceable quarterback. I'm not saying that, you know, he just god-awful. I'm just looking at it from – I'm looking at it two ways, right? Um, I know a lot of people look at Taysom and they look at his ability to run. And I know why. I know why people are paying attention to it. And I, I can look, let's just call it for what it is. We see a guy out in Baltimore by the name of Lamar Jackson, and we see him running this RPO type offense, and we see him getting out of the pocket and making people miss, and he's really fast and elusive, and he's making defenses look silly. And it's just the way that we think. Like, we want some of that. So we we look at, okay, that was successful for Lamar. We know Sean is a better offensive play caller than John Harbaugh is, so they can make it work. But here's the problem where a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Here's his, uh, his chemistry with Hollywood Brown and some of these other receivers. Like, these guys are frustrated. <laughs> they ain't getting the football. So Taysom, trust and believe, man, he's going to have to change the way that he plays that quarterback position. Because we might be all excited him running them 40-yard plays, but guess who ain't going to be excited? Michael <laughs> Thomas ain't going to be excited. Nope. Elvin Kamara ain't going to be nope. excited. Deontay Harris ain't going to be excited. Mm-hmm. Those guys want that production because those guys want to put themselves in a position to take care of themselves. And when it's time for them to get another contract, they want to be able to have leverage. So, I mean, Elvin Kamara kind of hit on it, you know, when they asked him about, Uh, him missing one of the games he had like I think he had like every game he ever played in he had at least one screen play and when he played with Taysom his production dropped off he said it man you know he kind of made a joke about it but Alvin Kamara man you know there's always some validity behind what he says and he was like man I mean I couldn't get like one screen pass and then him on the sideline soaking I ain't never seen him like that after Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles game Mm -hmm. so I mean dude I don't know, man. I mean, what are your thoughts on Taysom, man? I mean, what do you think he has to do in order for – I mean, we talked about it earlier about Jameis. You know, we feel like he's going to be that guy. But what does he have to do in order for him to possibly get that knock, you know, that notch over Jameis? Bro, oh, man. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> The short version, TJ. The short version is um, his accuracy, man, uh, even though he improved over mm-hmm. the last couple of years with his accuracy. That is one of his things. The short and immediate stuff is all, all right to a degree. His deep passes, it's like he's throwing punts. Somebody told me in, in, in the chat, taste him about that throwing punts. It's deep balls, but he's throwing <laughs> punts. <laughs> he overthrowing them by 20 yards. I mean, it was one play. TJ, it was one play in particular. I remember, you probably remember this too. He was throwing the ball to Jared Cook. Now, you know Jared Cook is every bit of what, 6'6", 6'5", 6'6". He's a mm-hmm. big wide receiver. Remember when he was reaching up, he was reaching up to try to get one of Taysom's passes that was thrown and the ball was 
at least three feet over his outstretched hand. This is six foot six, Jared. So, I mean, he has to work on his accuracy and also has to be a, a better uh, quarterback in the pocket, more patient in the pocket, go through his progressions a little bit better, cycle through his progressions. And you're absolutely right about those wide receivers. Mike Thomas and all those guys will get upset with you if you take an off running every other damn play. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it, that could be problematic. So he's being a quarterback. It's not like being a wide receiver, running back, tight end, special teams guy. Obviously, excelled those those places, but that QB position, bro, that's a that's a big leap there, and that's why I say it's a big jump for Taysom with four games of experience last year, TJ, and you trying to take on a guy with five years of five plus years of experience who was a first round draft pick at the position was was a winner in college. That's a huge jump, mm. and I hear what John was saying about. Uh, him being a finalist for uh, the Heisman. Didn't Jameis win the Heisman, TJ? Correct yeah. me. Mm-hmm. He won it, didn't he? And he the national it. championship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a finalist and it's the actual winner. So like I said, it's an uphill battle, but still in all, if Taysom still lose out to Jameis and chances are, we we, know, we don't know, but my I'm agreeing with, with brother TJ. Obviously, I think Jameis does get the job. Uh, only thing stops is Jameis if he's just that terrible, but I say he gets it. Yeah. Only, but Taysom still win, TJ. Because at the end of the day, he'll still be out there doing the 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 wildcat stuff and 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 in the Taysom Hill packages. He'll still be out there being on the field, being impactful at some point. Yeah, and I'm gonna go back to what uh when Aaron was on. Um, mm-hmm. he was talking about Ian Book. Uh, yeah, Ian Book gonna play. You know what I'm saying? If something happened to James, because I, I feel like it's gonna be the same type of situation where, like in that 49ers game, right? You had Drew Brees who was the starter. Mm-hmm. And you had Jameis, who was the backup in that game, because mm-hmm. they did that. So Taysom wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't take away from the game plan with taste they had for taste. Right. So to me, Ian Book is probably in the best situation ever. You know what I'm saying? Like a number three quarterback that can possibly play. Like that's unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm pretty sure if something was to happen to Jameis in real time, Ian Book is going to come into the game, especially if they have a game plan set out for Taysom. That way, Ian can come in the game, facilitate the offense, and Taysom can, can continue to do his thing. So, right, we might like you know, knock on wood. When I say this, I want to see if Jameis is the start. I don't want to see him get hurt, right. but there's a possibility that Ian Book might end up playing because you know something was to happen uh, to Jameis. You know, so great point. Yeah, yeah so great I mean, point, bro. Our three is not really three, is it, TJ? Nah, like that nah. quarterback position, huh? It's like a two and a two A. You know, right, so, yeah. right. Bro, if he ain't learned by uh, 31 years, <laughs> he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I just think that, okay, <laughs> I, I will look to, to his uh, defense, okay? Um, he played four years of college. He was hurt, but he, when he was there, he did do a really good job. Then, of course, you know, him going to BYU, he had to do go do missionary work before he even got to college, if I'm not mistaken. He had to do a year of missionary work. So he came in, he was a little bit older going, you know what I'm saying, going into college, so. Um, I give him the benefit of the doubt on that, but I don't know, man. Look, it, it's hard to play the quarterback position, and there's a lot of things that that Taysom has to work on in order for him to get where he needs to be. You know, Jameis has always been, for the most part, a solid quarterback. It's just been certain things he just needs to get rid of. So it's, it's one thing to, like, have, be a solid quarterback and to get rid of some things versus a guy that's never really been a solid quarterback and turn him <laughs> to one. Like, I mean, 
Like yeah. Taysom has never really been a solid quarterback. Like even at BYU, and I watched him quite a bit. And John is right. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. But they ran a lot of the option out there, man. Like he wasn't out there just standing in the pocket looking through his progression and throwing that ball down the field. Like it was a lot of it was a lot of RPO going on out there at BYU. Now he was out there balling now. But um now he wasn't doing it on a level like uh Jameis was when he was at Florida State. That was that was just that's that's two different uh quarterbacks right there. Yes, sir. Uh, John says it's two years of missionary work, TJ. Okay, well, he did two years. So thank you, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, so two years. So he, he went to college when he was about 20 years old. So I give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But still, man, it's hard to play a quarterback position if you're not coming from a pro-style uh, offense. Yes, John says this segment clearly shows who knows football and who doesn't. Can't make decisions based off of emotion. Taysom is a great football player, but Jameis gives us the better chance to win. Yeah, that that's that's something too, Big Q. Um <laughs> Saint fans, we 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 become emotionally invested in, in in players, you know, and we want them to succeed so bad that we we have this this undying allegiance to them. You know what I'm saying? So we want them to succeed. So we try to push them forward. And we hope that our words are hit home to a point. Maybe somebody hit him and give them an opportunity. But what do you think about that, man? What do you, what do you think about Saints fans wanting to see Taysom uh, succeed because they like him more so than him being a better choice? What, what's your thoughts I, I, on that? I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a part of it. A lot of part of it is um, uh, he was 3-1 and one at the quarterback position last year. Uh, and remember, the one of those games, the Bronco game, was him now he wasn't throwing the ball he he he. that was a terrible game we basically ran Denver over and they didn't yep. even have a real quarterback there so could you really mm-hmm. count that as a game and of course two wins mm-hmm. against Atlanta you know he did have a, a gear up against Atlanta he was good at beating Atlanta and I appreciate that and you know but the <laughs> loss <laughs> anytime we can beat them I'm happy with that right but then of course the loss at Philly which it came down to the last drive that TJ and mm-hmm. he turned that ball over we if he uh, he stood in that pocket and turned that ball over. If he just scrambled and picked up that first down, we probably would end up winning that game. But I think Coach Payton realized watching Taysom because he really wanted to see what Taysom had and had an opportunity to see what he could do in this offense. And it's just even though Taysom didn't give us the type of, you know, uh, you know, games that we really wanted to see because he needs more time there. Right. I, I, but it's still a, a big Plus for Coach Payton to have a guy, TJ, with no quarterback experience up until that year, go three and one in the system. So, I mean, it's just it's just fantastic. But you you're right. It's an emotional uh, fixture to Taysom because how Taysom came up through the reins. He was a guy that basically said, I'll do whatever it takes. You want me to take out the trash? Want me to wipe them windows over there? I go run and get me some weed at y'all want some weed at chicken. You know, he did kind of do that, do all that, bro. You know what I'm saying? He he's that type of person, man. And people just gravitate toward him, and you just got to love him. So I mean, I think that's a lot of a portion of the people like and taste him a little bit more than Jameis. And of course, he's been on the Saints team. People had an uh, an affinity with him more so than Jameis. But you got to listen to what Jameis been doing over the last six months or so of how he been talking, and it'll change your philosophy because people still viewing Jameis like he's Tampa Bay Jameis, and that's wrong to do him like that. Yeah, I mean. If we're going to give uh, people like Drew Brees the benefit of the doubt, I mean, yes, we got to give Jameis the opportunity to change that narrative too. And Yes, sir. You know, just looking at Taysom, like I said, I don't have anything against him. I, I want him to succeed. I just feel like he'll be doing himself. He, he can honestly take himself out of the league <laughs> by like trying to 
really go out here and be playing a quarterback position because to me, it's probably his last chance to do it. And I feel like if he mm-hmm. doesn't do it, probably best for him to embrace that position because he's going to always have a spot. Like right. this dude is a this dude is a trendsetter. I mean, yep. because he's been so successful, you see people like Tim Tebow getting opportunities. You've seen like in week 17, guys like Tommy Stevens, who we drafted, get opportunities with Carolina. Everybody is trying to do that Taysom Hill, Swiss Army type thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking for that next guy to do that. So, I mean, he created a whole lane for himself, yes. you know, and, and made a lot of money in the process. Once again, man, this dude, I, I, I often say this dude is the Costco of the National Football <laughs> League. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude is everything that you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's everything that you want, you know what I'm saying, in a player. You know what I'm saying? You're saving a, a lot of money by doing so. But he's, you know, paying dividends. So, to me, I, I think he's in the best situation. But, man, we'll see, man. But it, it's going to be an uphill climb for him, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not – I don't have anything against him. I'm just being honest. Like, if I'm looking at guys throwing the football, who has the better, you know, arm and all – like. I, I believe that Jameis has a better arm and velocity and, and, and than Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, I think he has better arm talent than Drew. So what's that saying? Like, I we know that Taysom don't have better arm talent than Drew. So I mean, it's it's uphill battle, man. Uphill battle. Uh, Tyrese says, uh, yeah, but Jameis never had a winning record as an NFL starter. This is a different Jameis. We can go 11 and six or 12 and five with Jameis, but with Taysom, we going about 10 and seven. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can win a a shootout with a with a Taysom Hill. Like, if, if we was to go up against Tampa, right, and Brady balling out, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Can you like, and we have to take shot for shot? Can you really see Taysom Hill going toe to toe with Tom Brady? I can't. I can't. Like, maybe you can, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't see him going toe-to-toe with some of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know what I'm saying? I can't see him going toe-to-toe when we go out there in Seattle on Monday night with Russell Wilson. I can't see that. But I can see I can see Jameis going back and forth, throwing that ball down the field. Might see some picks, but you're gonna see, but you're gonna like he's gonna be pushing that ball down the field. And and it and it's attainable. Like it's not like we didn't we haven't seen Jameis throw for three, four hundred yards and four touchdowns in the game when he needed to do that. We even seen Jameis in certain situations against us when he was in Tampa bringing these boys into the game. I can remember what it was like week 17. Was that like 2018 or something like that mm-hmm. when, you know, he drove them down the field and they end up winning the game on a two-point conversion. That's when yeah. Dirk Cutter and Sean Payton kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's possible and he and he can get it done. With I mean, I ain't seen Taysom do it. I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm not saying he can't, but I'm just saying like, Man, I, I wouldn't put no money on it. I, I just wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> would you put money on, like, Big Q, would you put money on Taysom Hill going toe-to-toe with some of the best quarterbacks in the league, man? No, I wouldn't, TJ. I ain't about losing money, brother. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, t- I, no, no, and I agree with you, bro. Everything you said is a, a thousand percent true. And uh, like we said, and, and the fairest you can be about Taysom is, is to say, bro, that's a very fair statement, is that he has an uphill battle against a guy with all that experience. We talking about a man, you know, if we take the college out of it, mm-hmm. you talking about a man with four years, I mean, four, I mean, he's been in the league for several seasons, but four games of NFL quarterback experience. Right. Again, Jameis Winston, who has over five plus years of NFL experience, 
you know, he was the face of the franchise with Tampa. He, I mean, it's just it's just a lot for him to overcome. Now, Coach Payton did call him Steve Young. So I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but listen, all I can tell you is that, man, like you said, he created a lane for himself. You know, just do do that. Just right. get good at that. You know, because it's tough to be a. It's tough to to talk about beating out him. He could try all he man, and who knows, anything's possible in this crazy world of ours. But the reality, at the end of the day, is I'm not uh, about losing money. And if anybody say, "Who you gonna put your money on?" I'm putting the square on famous Jameis, the black right. and gold QB, uh, to, to to lead the team. Yeah, I'm a look. I'm I'm looking at uh, Drew Brees' stats real quick, okay? All right, mm-hmm. so let's let's look at Drew Brees' stats in the Saints uniform for the last, let's just say the first five years of his career, right? So I'm looking at 2006, six, he had 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, right? In right. 2007, he had 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. 2008, mm. he had 34 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Mm. Uh, 2009, he had 34 touchdowns, 11. And then a year after the Super Bowl, he had 33 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. We, you know what I'm saying? So, that. Yeah, but ain't nobody saying nothing about that. But let's go to let – me, let me look at uh, Jameis. Before I, before I do, let me answer some a few of these questions here. But, I mean, for people that just go out here and be like, man, man like <laughs> Drew Brees was just tearing it up and getting single-digit interceptions. No, 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 no. He was turning the ball over too, man. Off topic, who do you think is the most beautiful? Shantel, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I choose Mary J. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, look, both of them are beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to both of them. You know what I'm saying? Mary J, a whole legend out here. Shante, you know, I, I wouldn't call her a legend, but she was uh, extremely talented in her day between 2002 and about 2005. You know what I'm saying? When Murder, Inc. was running wild and you couldn't you couldn't turn on the radio and couldn't hear murder ink album during that time man right for real ja Rule was on everybody's crooning bro on there crooning on there your cry your smile man. like what man. are you doing get that guy off the radio man he drove me crazy them yeah. years man bro man every every time it, it came on man like man ja Rule on there i'm like oh. man, ja, ja Rule, man he and he was big man like me coming yeah. out I, I went to high school between 2000 2004 so that was like during the time when Murder Inc. was at his apex. Mm-hmm. And they every, were running everybody in the room. Yeah, they were doing the big, TJ. Boy, that Ja Rule boy was, real smile, you'll cry. This dude thought he was R&B artist. <laughs> Look at this guy crooning up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were doing it, though. They was running it, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, uh, okay, so I brought up uh, Jameis Winston's stats here, okay, from since 2015. He had 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Now, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but looking at Drew Brees' first few years in the Saints uniform, he turned the ball over more, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in, in a, a certain amount of time than, than even Jameis did. But we, we tend to forget that because of the outcome, right? Because we won a Super Bowl in the process, but – this tells you right here, you got to give these guys an opportunity. It wasn't until Drew Brees started to get to the twilight of his career where we started to see him get single-digit interceptions in the season. So, right. But we tend to forget those things. We, we really do. So I feel like we need to get this man the same opportunity as we gave Drew to, to figure it out. We're going to read a few more, and then we'll get up out of here. 
Uh, Mario said Ja Rule clapback song is hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, clapback was hard. I, I like the beat, man. You know what I'm saying? The beat went hard. I mean, but it, it was over with, man. 50 came through and uh, – Oh, yeah. man, that was a done doubter. You know, <laughs> I, my, fa- but, you know uh, my favorite Ja Rule album, bro, I only mm-hmm. really like the one, and that was Ben Vici. Because oh, yeah, remember, yeah. The, fir- the very first one, they was trying to – I, they was trying to kind of make them like a pop Tupac, figure. Tupac, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting yeah. from it, too. Nah, I wasn't feeling that, man. Yeah. Nah, I mean, Pac and, Pac and Flo, but he would just, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I, I like the marketing and stuff like that. He did a really good job. Like, I mean, anybody that say that Ja Rule didn't have a run, I mean, I, I have to question their hip-hop uh, knowledge, right. man. I mean, he had, they had a, run. a run. They had a run. Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, when Fifty came through, that was it for him. It was oh man, he ain't no clap back. That was that was that was absolute. He ain't had no guns in that bullet. <laughs> that, that bullets in that gun. That was done daughter right there. <laughs> that was it. It was over with. Uh, Princess says, "I feel Jameis Winston will get us over the hump." Look, I I, I believe in him, man. I'm like I said, looking at these stats, it it, tell, it, it tells you a lot, man. I, I just think that we know what the end result is with Drew. You know, so it's. And sometimes, like, when we so focused on the future and we, we forget about where that person came from. So right. give him opportunity. Uh, Jameis Winston went toe-to-toe with Brady three years ago in Tampa Bay, but the kicker missed three field goals and the Bucks lost 14 to 19. If the kicker hit two field goals, Jameis Winston and the Bucks win. And that's another thing, too. Thank you for the $5, Smallville. Like, Tampa had a lot of kicking issues. Any Tampa Bay fan will tell you that. Like, when, uh, what is that, Ryan Suckup? who was is Ryan suck up their field goal kick if I'm not mistaken? Before he came there, uh, Matt Gay and all them up, nah, nah terrible, awful. Um, Tupac would have been uh, fitted today, and I mean, Tupac, uh, man, Tupac, a whole legend out here, man. Um, you know, I still think he would have been able to, you know, still make songs to this day, and people would be able to still listen to. Guy was a genius. Yeah, fifty uh, years old, man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it will finish it up. It says, Damien says, by far a classic legendary episode from my fellow New Orleans night ward homie. Keep repping our city, fellas. Damien, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll just go ahead and uh, end it on that note right there. But Big Q, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the State of Saints podcast, being here with us. Uh, a lot of people were anticipating this episode, man, and uh, definitely excited to have you here, man. Thank you so much. And uh, before you go, man, I'll let you have a uh, you know, final word. Well, TJ, man, I appreciate you, my brother, and uh, for inviting me over here to your ter- your terrific platform, man. Uh, much love to the uh, entire Who That Nation, to you. Uh, you're doing great work, bro. Uh, consistent, uh, real deal talk, man. And uh, like I said, man, I appreciate you, and I congratulate you, man. Great work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you, man. Everything that you're doing over there, the sports coma, you know, doing an outstanding job. So many people, you know what I'm saying, love your content. I love your content, you know, and, and you're always consistent, man. You're always real. And I tell people all the time, we need content like that, man. You know, they got yeah. a bunch of shock jocks out here, people trying oh, to figure yeah. to make it and trying to give their hot take in order to get clicks. But, you know, the, the, the passion and the love for something is always going to reign and always going to remain, man. So continue to do your thing. And uh, we're going to be supporting you, man, you know, and, and good luck to you and, you know, looking forward to an exciting season, man. We get get back together once again, man. Anytime, TJ, you just holler at me, bro. Like I said, we got a, 
uh, you know, I think the last time been a couple of months since me and you clicked up, bro. But yeah, bro, yeah. anytime, bro, we we got to keep it doing the regular thing, bro. Hollering at yeah. each other. So yeah, that's great, bro. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, thanks a lot. And, and thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And before you go, go ahead and hit that like button. Let everybody know that you enjoyed the show. Big Q, before you go, let everybody know about your channel as well, man. Uh, sports coma family uh you can go and you can put in uh in the search uh youtube search the sports coma or uh the pro media network either one of it it'll, it'll pull up the platform and uh, so you can see us uh we also on facebook twitter or you can simply go to www.thewhodaily.com is www.thewhodaily.com all of our content is that New Orleans Saints talk Pelican post game report? We'll be doing a show on Stan Van Gundy's firing, boxing content, several different platforms are all headquartered there at whodatdaily.com. Thank you yeah. for uh, you put, uh, allowing me to do that, TJ. Man, no problem, man. And uh, we look forward to all the content that you have available. Looking forward to your take on the New Orleans Saints Pelicans. That, that should be interesting right there with the fire and the Stan Van Gundy. Big heavyweight fight, Deontay Wilder uh, versus Tyson Fury coming up. Uh, the third You're fight. You're boxing, man, TJ. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Man, you got to get on the ring, Kings, bro. I'm hey, bro. The time. I didn't know you like boxing, bro. Oh, my goodness, man. I love boxing. Uh, my who, who my grandpa, like? man, my, my favorite boxer is Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, I'm a I huge sh- Terrence Bud Crawford I fan. Should've, I should have known that. I should have known. <laughs> That's, my guy, <laughs> That's my guy, man. Um, That's my guy. I'm I'm I like Deontay Wilder as well as Tyson Fury, man. That That's that's a hard fight, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I'm i all boys rooting for the brother, you know what I'm saying? Alabama brother, Deontay Wilder. Man, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, he can, you know, channel that anger. It seems like to me, man, he a little bit too tense, man. I looked at his, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you checked it out, but I looked yeah. at the face off. Yeah. Man, didn't want to answer no questions. It just seems like to me, like Tyson Fury in his head. I understand he never lost before. So it, it should be interesting, man, to see how he going to bounce back. New trainer. Uh, new training camp uh, seems like you know he a little bit more muscular seems like you know he a little bit more serious about it but should be interesting man what about you who's your favorite fighter before you go oh bro I got several of them I like Deontay man Deontay Wilder you, you, you gotta like him man he's a con- the constant underdog man that mm-hmm. people wrote off but I, I do respect the hell out of Terrence Bud Crawford mm-hmm. I like Errol Spence uh, oh, yeah, there yeah. I like uh, Shakur Stevenson mm-hmm. uh, Devin Haney um uh, uh several really uh, Virgil Ortiz is a young up and coming fight. I mean, it's a bunch of really good fighters out there right now doing some great. Alexander Usyk is another fantastic fighter that I like as well. So it's a bunch of them, man. Boxing right now is really, really doing good, especially the heavyweights are back. It's fantastic, bro. Yeah, I'm about to get your own ring, Kings, TJ. Yeah, absolutely, man. One of my favorite underrated fighters, man. I mean, he he doesn't win a lot, but I mean, he always pushes uh guys to the limit. That's USC Lopez, man. Lopez. I'll always come through, man. Um, I always enjoy his fights. Uh, you know, like I said, he he always pushes guys to the limit. I like mm-hmm. guys like Sean Porter as well, Mikey Garcia. You Mikey. know, the guys mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. hope you know, I think I like Mikey Garcia at that uh, junior welterweight division. I think him moving up against Errol Spence. I don't. That's that's not his lane, man, because he doesn't have a lot of punching power. But there's right. so many, man. Big Q, I've been watching boxing for a long time. My grandfather was a huge boxing fan. He used to all okay. the, like all the heavyweight fights from. Riddick Bow and Holyfield and all them other cats. Man. Mm. So <laughs> I used to watch where that where that dude parachute down in the ring, man. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. On pay per view, I remember 
being a six-year-old kid watching the, that guy come into the ring, man. So, yeah, man, I, I'm definitely uh, interested in being on that, man. That should be fun, man. But thank you once again, and thank you all so much. Uh, thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>